Amen. And a happy Easter morning to you. Amen. What a resurrection that was and what a resurrection this is. I think much about the words that Brother John was saying in the last service and how blessed I was. I'd like to remind you, he said, if we don't have a resurrection now, we have to have a resurrection now. We must experience a resurrection now in order to have a resurrection then. I believe that that is true. God bless you. I'd like to turn in the Bible, and uh, while you're turning to Matthew, the 26th chapter, we're going to start reading at the 26th verse. But I want to bring uh, greetings also, happy Easter greetings, but more than that, Christian greetings from Switzerland. And Brother Tom and Sister Joanne are are there. Brother Ron Spencer and Brother Jason Watkins have been ministering. And we're so thankful. Our brother Francois Lipicar was able to address the group the first morning. And uh, I was able to stream uh, one of the services last night. And uh, my wife was able to stream a couple of the meetings. I'm so thankful that they made it possible. Amen. It's been a wonderful blessing. Uh, so we want to bring greetings from Brother Tom and Sister Joanne, who to the local congregation, they'll be returning this week. Also, Brother Tim Dodd uh uh, will be returning from Uganda and and uh, Ethiopia. And I think I saw Brother Jonathan Frey. He's already back. Yes. Is that right? And Michael Diaz. Yes. yes. We thank uh, God. And not only that, for the experience that they're able to have, yes. I think that it's... Uh, it's a life-changing experience, really. A person lets that soak in. Amen. And all of you that are here and visiting and spend this week, this long weekend, some have gone and others have come, and we think it must be about the same. So we are happy to have you all here in the church full, and we just uh, wanted to be fully prepared and ready this morning. Uh, and when we arrive here, there were some of our, some of my things that I left at home. So, you know what I said? God's will be done. And probably they need to stay home. But I, I had quite a few things I wanted you to read on the screen. And, uh, I left the disc at home. So, anyway, we just say praise God. What do you say at a time like that? It's the only time I've said that. I've always gone back or sent somebody back, and uh, but we didn't. This next week is going to be a full week, this coming week. Uh, we have a brother, brother Jason DeMars, uh, and he worked alongside of brother 
Tim Dodd and the group here and what else to to complete the church age book in the Arabic language. It's the first time there has been anything. When you look around this congregation, you think, well, you know, everybody's just been working and and uh, doing their thing and whatever more. But you don't realize that in the background, the Holy Spirit is moving and causing people to say something and causing people to do something. And, you, and then you find out years later that it was God. It was God doing it. God was in that meeting. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. I, I really am thankful for that. And then, then our, our brother Freddie, I believe it, they, he goes by that name, Kinji. He's, uh, he will be arriving also this week from Uganda, or that's where he originates from. He is Brother Branham's voice on the radio broadcast. And uh, we have been sponsoring uh, radio broadcast, uh, the church here, for about three years. And uh, what is remarkable and really a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit Brother Tim Dodd, he expressed it here. He said he's had a real paradigm shift as to who God is dealing with. And when you have entire groups of people, perhaps as large as here, I think there's somewhere between 15, 20, 30,000 people have been baptized in the last two years. Entire groups of people have been baptized until the church authorities thrust them out. When they thrust them out, they had nobody left. And we had to buy cloth, just canopies, so the people could be spared from the sun and the rain. But that is remarkable, is it not? And you don't expect that to happen. Maybe you expect to see 30, 40 people and... We've had to say, a, a, you know, a thousand and no more because we know it'll end up with a couple thousand people. And so that's what Brother Tim Dodd has been faced with. It's, a, well, we could say a nice problem. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a nice problem, all right. But nevertheless, you have to have something. The people come to hear something. So Brother Tim Dodd told me that he was, <clears throat> he was, releasing everything that he had and he found the people pulling and pulling and pulling he thought this is like at home or even better and the people are pulling and pulling on the word so he began to inquire where you know how did they get where they are they said well we've been listening to a radio broadcast and that's this brother freddie that's going to be here this week and you people have, uh, and people that are sitting here in this congregation have uh, had a burden to see that the people who can't read can hear, and they hear the broadcast. And a lot of those people are the people that have come out, and uh, now they have 
really no place to worship except we've been trying to get them shelters, shall we say. Amen. So it's going to be a good week. Resurrection. Hallelujah. A good week because of the resurrection. And we're going to read out of Matthew's Gospel, the 26th chapter. And uh, starting at verse 26, I believe that we have all the announcements. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. I have a number of things to say. Uh, I'd like to start off by saying, you notice, and I'm, I'm going to draw certain words for you to think about and put together. He did not say, take, east, take, taste. And you know, starting in 1962, and then ten times to the end of Brother Branham's life till God called him home. He said it wasn't to the people's taste. Aren't you glad? Aren't you thankful? The God who gave you the ability to taste physically has given you also an ability to taste physically and spiritually, but not only taste spiritually, but take it, consume it, ponder it, think about it, and receive it. Amen. Amen. God bless you as we continue to read. And as he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. Is that... uh, And he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Verse 27, And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is the, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. That's verse 28. And you may be seated. Jesus went on to say that he would not drink it till he drink of the fruit of the vine till he would drink it new again in the kingdom. And I'll just read that for you. It's verse 28. <clears throat> for this is my blood at the, of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. There was uh, uh, a woman 
by the name of Salome. She was the wife of Zebedee. Zebedee's children were James and John. They seem to be favored in the Bible in that Peter, James, and John were three that Jesus took in the Garden of Gethsemane. He took them onto the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, they were special in, in, in uh, ways that we don't know. Uh, John knew Caiaphas. He, he was acquainted with Caiaphas. And he got Peter in to the judgment hall when Jesus was being judged. That's how Peter got in there and being warmed by the fire. Uh, <clears throat> there was, uh, there was people that were like Josephus who had the, who had the tomb carved out for himself. And he was, he was a man of, uh, a notable person. He's only mentioned in the Bible a time or two, but he, he was there at the right time, had the right thing to offer, and he was the one that craved the body of Jesus that would go to the tomb. We, we don't say a lot about Josephus, but he was there at the right moment. And you know, there's people, and even if this congregation, as a body of people, if we're here at the right time, and offering the right thing, and able to provide it for the body of Christ, for future generations, if there are, or whoever, or whatever we might play in the plan of God. I, I just pray that we'll be faithful to that, and that we will see that, and be happy that we can do that, and just say, I was able to speak to those people. I was able to give a tomb to the body of Jesus Christ. I, I, I had, uh, I was noted, I was notable. I was, uh, 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 well known in the area. Uh, who made him that? He had to be that to go to, go to Pilate and crave the body of the Lord. And he was the one that was able to receive it and take it. There were a lot of other people that maybe, uh, say, more faithful or more, uh, I can't say more respectable, but they were, they, they didn't, they weren't in a position where they could have the same persuasion. And, and who put them there? God. God made the way for them to be there. And, uh, whatever, whatever we are, we are by the grace of God. Amen. So it says that, uh, the Bible tells us that, uh, the mother of James and John came to Jesus and worshiped him. And, uh, then the Bible says she worshiped him and he said, what would you like? What can I do for you? She said, grant that this my two sons, that would be James and John. They were, they were considered, if you read about it, they were considered relatively, uh, 
not hurting. They were, I can't say they were well off, but they were people that had connections that others didn't have. Uh, they, they were respected people. And uh, Jesus said, uh, what would you like? He said, she said, granted these my two sons, one would sit on the right hand and one will sit on the left hand in your kingdom. And Jesus said to her, he said, you know not what you ask. It will be given to those for whom it is prepared. And he didn't even know the, he said, it's, it's the father. In other words, there were jurisdictions here on earth. It was Jesus had to come in the flesh. The man called Jesus, as Andrew sang a few moments ago. I'm so thankful he was able to drink the bitter cup. But he wasn't the only one to drink a bitter cup. Because earlier in the scripture, and I had all of these scriptures together. I have them on a screen for you, actually. But he he had a, a, a desire. She had a desire. They had a desire that they would be able to sit on the right hand or on the left hand of the Lord Jesus. And Jesus said, it's prepared for someone, only it's the Father. He He's the only one that can set them in their place. That's not another God. It's another jurisdiction. Same God. That God was in Christ. And that Christ went to Calvary, but in that form, he drank the bitter cup. And she, and Jesus asked, are you able to drink of the cup uh, that I drink? And are you able to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And they said these words, didn't even know what they were saying really, we are able. Well, they didn't have to drink all of the bitter cup that Jesus drank, but in the cup, say for the apostle Paul, was a prison. And because of his prison charges, we have our Bible. Much of the Bible was written in prison. There are people today in China that are able to read the Bible, and they we can't even tell you as a congregation but I was just speaking with Brother Murphy. It's all right, I say this much. And uh, the Bibles have been taken off, swept off the bookstores. But and as a result, a great vacuum has been called, has been created. And we have received calls and said, by even organizations, denominational organizations, they want our Bible. The Bible that this man sitting here on the platform translated up in that office there for five years, right from Genesis 1-1 to the last amen of Revelation. It's the best and the finest King James Version of the Chinese Bible that has that has ever been produced. I say that, I say that with confidence. 
and one organization asked for 500 of them, and they have them. It's, it's all done. While you sit here, come to church, say, well, this is what we do. We just come here and sit to, sit here in the service, and people study, and they come up to preach. But that's not all that's done. And because of that, somebody is reading the Bible. Somebody's reading the same Bible the prophet looked from. And I say, praise be to God. If we came on the scene just to do that, that's great enough. That's wonderful enough. I say, thank you, Father, that you allowed us to have that opportunity, that privilege, that we were just part of that. Even if it's somebody that just sees where you're sitting and, and they are encouraged by it and they're quickened by it. Say, there they are. Praise God. And they're worshiping God. That's the God I believe in. And so somebody is able to read that. That's not something that we take casually. But if that's what God allowed for us, whatever it was, but in the cup, are you able to drink it? And I have, I'm calling this message today, Drink Ye All of It. And the messenger that we speak of, the prophet of God that came to fulfill a certain part, don't... Uh, don't interpret it or translate it into what you understand it to be. But I, I want to put some of the scriptures together with things that are happening and things that have happened and have happened in, if not in your lifetime, have happened in my lifetime. And that is quite meaningless, really, as far as things happening. It's going to happen whether we're here or not. What God has to have happen will happen. Amen. Amen. And I'm so thankful that we respond to whatever uh, comes our way, whether it be a something taking place to the uh, brethren in uh, churches and in the Philippines or whether it's in Africa or Wherever a door is opened, if it's in South America or wherever a door is opened, and we say we go there, wouldn't that be a good thing to do? Wouldn't you all be in agreement with that? Amen. I think it's part of the cup that God has given us to drink. And so when Jesus gave the bread, he said, divide it among yourselves. And so they did that. When Jesus expressed this Last Supper, and I would like to read that verse, I believe it's in uh, in Luke's Gospel. Just allow me to. Jesus, the different apostles were writing the event of the Last Supper, which we call the Last Supper. But Jesus said something very special about it, and I would like to, I believe it's in Luke's Gospel. Um, You have to forgive me. Uh, 
In Luke's gospel, he was writing, I believe it is in Luke's gospel, and he said, uh, he said, with desire, and you can look this way while I, you don't have to be looking for it, but he said, with desire, have I desired to have this Passover with you. It was his last supper. And people have painted it, and it has become a very great and lovely story, etc., and distorted also. Not exactly correct. We're not here to tinker with that. We're here to hear his words with desire. I've desired to have this last Passover with you. And I may startle you by saying... You have been called by this same Lord Jesus who manifested himself. And I'm going to go through it with you in this age with desire. Have I desired to have this last supper with you? And you have a life to live. And I refer back to Brother John Andy's message. You have a resurrection to have. If you receive, not taste, not just taste, not just mouth, not just confess, not just associate with a group of people that believe the message of the hour, but if you actually are part of and eat that portion of the scripture that is written for this day, You'll suffer some of the dregs. You might as well expect it. You'll suffer some of the dregs. People say, oh, you believe that. Yeah, that's exactly right. I certainly do. I don't only believe it. I It has resurrected. It's been a resurrection in my life. This thing is alive. When, when, when the Apostle Peter said... Jesus said, do you want to leave also? These folks have left. Do you want to leave also? He said, to whom? To where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. That's what counted. That's what it was to Peter. He said, it's it's alive. It's a written word. It's alive. It's had a resurrection. It's beyond corruption. It's beyond darkness. It's beyond all of these things of the world. I've experienced it. It's been a resurrection. Others may go. Others may do all kinds of things. Josephus plays his part. And we don't see him anymore. That's fine. But he had his part. I have my part. I wanted to do all kinds of things. Peter wanted to build three temples and Jesus rebuked him. And a voice from heaven spoke out and said, this is my son. There was still part of the cup when Jesus was giving it to the disciples that he had to drink. He was going to empty out paradise. He was going to preach to souls that were in prison. 
He was going to let them know that Noah stood for me. I stand for him. And he's not here. He's, he won't stay here. And the apostles and the, and the very, uh, prophets that they had killed. And Jesus had said to them, you're your father, the devil. And his works you do. Think of it, friends. And here we have an opportunity to be identified with this kind of a message. I say it's a most glorious thing. It's a wonderful thing. You have a, if you've been invited to it, it's a great privilege for you. I can tell you there is no other message like it. In, in the life of Jesus, now I'm, I'm, I'm speaking of things that I know and I trust you know your Bible. When Jesus was speaking to the people and, uh, they were not his friends, some of them. And he said, <clears throat> he said, the manna that Moses gave in the wilderness, so now here he is going back to the manna, he said, that Moses gave you in the wilderness. And I have the scriptures here where the people cried for that manna. And Brother Branham says, when the people cry for something, God gives it to them. And then after a while they said, all we have is this old manna. All we have is this old church, same thing, same thing all the time. And we want some flesh to eat. And until uh, they had flesh, until the flesh was coming out of their ears, I think. And uh, so it wasn't always a, a, a pleasant thing. You know, in other words, there's good things that come out of the cup. And there's difficult things. And some of you perhaps have had to partake and participate of a difficult, there was, uh, there was rejection still in the cup of Jesus. There was judgment. Men who he'd given life to were his judge. Can you imagine that? Oh, I'm so glad for a man called Jesus. I'm so glad for the prophet of Galilee. I'm so glad for a prophet message of this hour. I'm so glad that I had a grandson that was in the tabernacle not long ago. And he was asked to sing. He was trying to hide. He didn't want anybody to know that Brother Biscoll's grandson was in the meeting at Brother Branham's tabernacle. So he was just kind of cowering in there. He's a big fellow. His mom and dad are back there, Ken and Linda. And uh, Wes told me that he was just trying to hide and be unobvious. And they said, we understand that uh, the song leader said, we understand, it's amazing how these song leaders get word. Uh, I, I saw I saw. Brother Derek in action today. Uh, Brother Mike, he was walking down the aisle with his uh, big guitar case. And uh, 
we just stepped out of the office door, and I said, oh, how are you, Brother Mike? Uh, so you got your guitar, well, oh yeah, and he's waving his guitar case. And, uh, Brother Derek steps out and he says, uh, is, is there a special today? And Brother Derek said, yep. He said, oh, who's singing? You are. <laughs> I'm so glad for the, then Brother Andrew got up and the next time I looked at the, Brother Andrew was singing for a man called Jesus. And I'm so glad that he was willing to drink the bitter cup. And here I had it written down. In that cup wasn't only the dregs of rejection and judgment. And there was all the glorious things as well. You have good things in the cup. You'll have a future. Uh, we don't know what the future holds, but it might hold some bitter things. Don't give up. Any more than you would have wanted Jesus to give up and say, Oh, well, I'm not prepared to go this far. I'm not prepared to be judged with these criminals and be crucified. But he was willing to do that for you. For me. And I'm so glad he was willing to drink the bitter cup. Just hold that, please. Now here's a number of... So he was going to empty out paradise. And in uh, World is Falling Apart in 1963, Brother Branham said they was looking for something to hold them together. In all ages, God will send it to them, and then they turn it down. So there's a part of it that's very acceptable, very much to their liking. But you'll find out later on that they didn't like the taste. So then, and you might, you might also remember, neither did Jesus like the taste of the Laodicean age. He spewed it out of his mouth. I hope you just take those and put them together. And in the world falling apart, he's saying, oh, they always like something to bind them together, to hold them together. He says, God will send it to them. Then they turn it down. They wanted manna. God sent it to them. Then they turned it down. You can just read it all in the scripture. I'm telling you the scripture. And they turned it down. And then it wasn't good for them. Then they rejected it. The Jews rejected the Messiah because he didn't fit their taste. Why it had to be shepherds in 1964 says they won't accept him, the word, because in their denomination 
it doesn't fit their taste. What denomination has a taste that will fit this taste for this message? Because the denomination, it doesn't fit their taste. I have been, I've preached for over 60 years now. And there are countries. I preached in India. And I had an archbishop who offered their church because we couldn't get a building. And this other brother in the range of building, I have no, no way of knowing that. And they, they offered a building. And he was sitting in honored chair, taking in the service. And right after the service, he ran and he wanted me to come with him into his office. And I went in, a, I, in his office and sat down and he said, when you were reading this scripture, he said, it seems that you had a reference to that in Revelation that it was having something to do with the rapture. I said, that's exactly correct. And he said, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. But he just had a nibble. He just had a little taste. And his organization would never, never accept that. But that was exactly, he was beginning to see a little glimmer of light. And he wanted it, he wanted to discuss more about it, and he was seeing exactly what it was. He was actually seeing truth, a flash of light. He was seeing truth, and he would like to perhaps have talked more about it. He actually asked for a whole set of Brother Branham's message books, and I believe we sent that to him. In the message, why it had to be shepherds, and would you notice this, please? Why it had to be shepherds in a place in Tucson itself. He says they won't accept him, the word, because their denomination, it doesn't fit their taste, the hireling shepherds of the day. And then, who do you say this is? I have the book here. Who who do you say this is? Who would you have said Jesus was? The crowd was crying, His blood be upon us and upon our children. Did they? Is that history? His blood be upon us. Where we, we need to ask ourselves in all sincerity, we're here today celebrating His resurrection. Now, what about his rejection? Are you willing to take that part of his cup? Who do you say this is? Oh, time was unfolding and prophecy was being fulfilled. Their churches had got them so far. I'm speaking truth today, friends. 
the churches. Do you think this is the only church that's got a congregation in it? No. All the churches. Some of them had early morning service or masses or whatever kind of service. Had sunrise meetings. Were different places. What are they? I say, why are you here? Because the resurrection, this is... This is Sunday morning. This is Easter. Where is Easter in the Bible? Well, uh, yeah, it is there, and, and there's a resurrection. What about what about the suffering? What about what about believing him when others were leaving him? What about when people were rejecting him? What about when people were selling him? Do you think that I have a right to say that? Absolutely. Absolutely have a right to say that. What, what about it when it wasn't popular? What about it when it wasn't the right thing to say? It wasn't politically correct to say. I thought about the breaking news. The breaking news of your day, your country... Right here in the city of Vancouver, right in Canada or, or America. What about, what about Bellingham? And many of you go down there and perhaps shop. I'm glad you can shop there. But that's not all that's in the cup. What about it being a sanctuary city? A sanctuary for what? And they had a big celebration on Easter morning. They had a big celebration down here in Vancouver. Tens of thousands of people came for a smoke-in. Hello? This is our country. A smoke-in. Celebrating the loosening of the you can smoke marijuana if you want. Well, smoke whatever they want. But what if that's not part of my life? That's not part of my worship. That's not part of it. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah, that's exactly right. We are one of those. I'm prepared to drink. That part of the cup. And not only take it with our hands and embrace it. And we may hear a message. You may hear something of the message and say, well, that, um, it doesn't just suit me. It, it, it's not made just to your individual taste. And we're not here just to taste it. We're here to take it with all of its disgrace. Call it whatever you want to call it. But we're here to embrace it. We're here to ponder it. The Bible says of Martha or Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus. They say, oh, it'd be so wonderful to be that virgin. Well, it wasn't so wonderful. There were a lot of things that wasn't so wonderful. 
And the angel said to her, you'll have a son. She said, how can this be? I don't even know a man. The Holy Ghost will overshadow you and you'll conceive. And the second person for you that are Trinitarians, the second person of the Trinity or the third person of the Trinity conceived the second person of the Trinity. Oh, such nonsense. It was God. It was God. God changing his mask, changing his form, and coming and saying, I'm going to save every one of my children. I'm going to save every one. Amen. Who do you say this is? He was manifesting the word. He was the anointed word himself. And when they seen that, that taking place, they turned it down. They were happy to taste it up to that time. But when they seen the manifestation of God, that God was saying, this is me. This is me in the scripture. They didn't want it. It wasn't to their taste. And that's the pitiful part. Just as in other days. And who do you say this is? Balaam walked right out across these things. He was a perfect denominational a denomination and perfect answer to their taste. He says, do you want to, do you want to leave? He said, no, I don't want to leave. And in a thinking man's filter, he says, for it gives them the desire of their heart, organization. They have a taste for organization. I want to say to this congregation, those that may be streaming, <clears throat> I have a concern. I guess I'm, I'm eligible to have a concern. You know, we can have the orchestra, we can have the singers, we can have the preachers, we can have good ministry. Say, well, I like that preacher, or I like that preacher, or, or whatever, or I don't like that preacher. You're an individual, you're eligible to do that, to say that. But God is also eligible to say what his concern is. And once churches become established, something that seems to be very acceptable if we just get everything organized well we need children to be educated and so we have a school and some can go and some can't go and so we organize it then there's distance learning well distance learning has been made possible and I'm probably one of the greatest promoters of distant learning There's believers all over the nation, all over the earth, 
yes, there's, and we've dealt with it all. So there's uh, 15 hours difference here, 16 hours difference here. There's nine hours difference here in this part of the country. But we can archive it, and they can uh, they can be studying it at any time in their home. And so it's a wonderful thing to have. To me, it would be a wonderful thing. And now I'm laying it at home. But a person wants to be very careful that they don't just get everything organizationally arranged and everything in its place. And Brother Branham actually says that it, it's, it's, um, it's, there's something about it that it tastes nice. You get it all looked after. But you know, with the early believers, and I can talk about some of the early believers, uh, everything wasn't just really nice. I want to come to just when Jesus was drinking the cup. In the next few hours, the secretary of the house, of the church was going to hang himself. He was going to betray the, the Lord Jesus. He was going to take 30 pieces of silver. That was all in the cup. Jesus knew that. He knew it even before he drank the cup. He knew all of that was going to happen. And then the leader of, you say, well, the leader of the church, the leader of that church, the leader of Bible Way, he's hanging on, the, he, he's been condemned in the courts. And he came before the chief priests. He's got the whole religious order is against him. And the now we've put pressure on the Roman organization and, and they, they're going to crucify him. And they said, well, uh, you have to do it. They said, well, no, we, well, we don't have anything to do with that. That's religious. He said, he said he's a king. If he's a king, we have one king, Caesar. And they cowered under that and said, okay, do what you have to do. So they took him out. Said, let his blood be on us. Notice, let his blood be on us. Am I preaching exactly what the scripture says? I want to ask you, am I preaching what the scripture says? His blood be on us and on our children. And they, they took him then. That was all in his cup. And begin, he who preached, he who had thousands, you know that your prophet had thousands, had thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, manifestation after manifestation, standing there telling the people what the secrets of their hearts was, and they wanted it and they loved it. That was to their taste. But when the people began to leave and said, ah, we can't take that kind of doctrine, began to leave, and that's that's exactly what Jesus said. And he knew that, he knew the breaking point. 
There was no persecution with the Sermon on the Mount. They didn't want to reject him for the Sermon on the Mount. That was so lovely. In fact, as the scripture says, your Bible says, they marveled at the gracious words that came from his lips. They never said that when he said, I and my father are one. They never said that when he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Your fathers did eat it in the wilderness and are dead. But I'm the bread that came down from heaven. And except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. They had the Bible, the old Torah Bible to go by, which simply says it's an abomination to eat the flesh of a man. And, 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 and he never explained it. He never explained it. Read it in your Bible. He never explained it. And the prophet of God is making a very special uh, emphasis. He never explained it. You know why? Because it was happening right then again. And he started in 1972, Brother Murphy, Brother John. What well, wasn't six, 62, I'm sorry. Then 64, 63, 64, and 65. Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man. What's he referring to? Except you take this manifestation that God is manifesting his word and performing all kinds of supernatural things. Taking that and not not just organizing a church around it. Not just organizing some fellowship around it. That's fine. Not just saying that I have a confession. I, I belong to a group that that uh, believes this. Well, more than that, do you believe it? Do you have it? Has it had a resurrection in your life? You say, well, how how do you partake of it? How do you how do you eat of it? Well, I guess what. Part of it would be what Mary did. She said, this is impossible, but I'm going to ponder it. I'm going to believe it. And you may be sitting here today and saying, it's too too strong. It's too difficult. Why don't you leave it to him who can do these things? Just say, I will let, I will believe on him. I will let him who has called me, I will let him do it. You might say, I don't have the ability. You're correct. We don't have the ability. He wants to give it to us. He says, he says himself, I will do it. Are you able to drink the cup? Says we be able. We are able. They didn't even realize what they were asking for. Are you able to drink this cup? And the two disciples and the other disciples said, we're able. What is the cup? It's the blood. And the blood produces the life. It's the life of the scripture. It's the life of the word. It's not a technical thing where you say, well, I must do thou shalt not and thou shalt and thou shalt not. It's not that. It's a life. 
that's moving through you. And is it going to be accepted? No, it won't be accepted by all. You'll be wacko to some people. But to God, he said, you're my daughter. You're my son. Amen. I wanted to also just express to you that there's a hunger in the body. There's a hunger also in the spirit realm, the emotional realm. And people can hunger for affection. They can hunger for attention. They can hunger for association. I want to be identified. I want to be connected with somebody. I want to be connected to something. But there's also a hunger for the soul. And in the soul, there's one channel to the soul. I want to hear what he said. I want to hear what he said. He said, in this particular place, with desire, oh Lord Jesus, you've desired this Passover. What's he saying? He's saying, some of your wretched past, I want to pass over it. I have the power of forgiveness that no one in the world has. No church organization has. This is not a ceremony of washing or whatever more. But I, I, I've desired this Passover. I have the ability to say to you, you never sinned in the first place. I have that ability. I am the new creation of God. This is a new covenant. This isn't a covenant that if you do this, I will do that. That's not this kind of covenant. This kind of covenant is, I've already done it. I've already given it. I've already paid the price. Now you are free to live the life. You can claim it for yourself. You can claim things that you don't appear to possess. You can claim it. And that might be too much for you. But drink the cup. Take it anyway. And drink the cup. Are you able to drink the cup? I'm able. Not in my own power. But in your grace. Somehow you'll make a way where there is no way. I'm able. I will drink the cup. I will drink all of it. I want to close fairly soon. But when God, the angel of the Lord, listen closely, came to the Laodicean church and found them wishy-washy, well, yeah. You know what I call wishy-washy? I was preaching for seven years. I was preaching in 
I I had a big question. I, I was trying to be honest. How should a person be baptized? And finally, I had five people that wanted to be baptized. And some of them were big, tall fellows, much, much taller than me. In fact, is I was scheming how I was going to get them up out of the water. I had one guy, Brother John, who was about six foot five. And I said, you know what? I said, and uh, water was cold. It was Arctic water. I said, I want you to kneel down in the water and kneel with the current behind you so that I will have the current to help me lift you up. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, <laughs> he went, he didn't want that easy stuff. He said, he put his arm around me just like iron. He said, you're going to go with me. <laughs> and I was walking down in the water, this Arctic water, and my legs were just turning purple. He was about the fifth one. And I said, I, uh, I, I knew him real well. I said, it taught me. I said, you know, uh, it's, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting too deep in the water. I said, you're going to come with me. And I was actually becoming quite buoyant. And, uh, I baptized them. But you know, I was trying to be honest. I'll tell you another side of it. There was a fellow that I knew and he didn't have a life that really was very respected or and I said did you know how 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 did brother Branham how did he believe in baptizing so he told me what he thought he believed in and I said okay so did I baptize him because I had good friends preacher friends that baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I'd been baptized that way. And I, I, I wondered about it. Because, you know, and I, I've even read just recently, some said, uh, what are the main questions? You know, what are the main questions that come up? Says, well, Jesus says, baptize them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost never occurred to me to say, well, what is the name? That seems to be the important thing. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And and none of, none of the men that I associated with even ever brought that up. They said, well, we just want to do what Jesus did, what Jesus said. And then when Peter comes over in the book of Acts, baptize them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or the, in the name of the Lord, or in the name of the, in the name of Jesus Christ. So I thought, well, if we're to do everything according to the scripture, that must be important. Then one day I had a man in my, his name was Andrew Rasmussen. He used to be pastor in Tacoma. And he pastored in Edmonton as well. <clears throat> And I'm not ashamed to say I was, I was ordained by him. He was the secretary of the group, 
because it wasn't an organization. We didn't believe in denominations as such. And he was in my home just once. And he said, and there was another person staying in my home. His name was Bud Southwick. For those of you that know Brother Bud Southwick, there was a guide up north. And we're sitting at the table after service on Wednesday night. And Brother Rasmussen says, you know, Brother Eddie, you should contact Brother Branham. He loves to hunt, you know. I said, well, the next day, I think it was, I wrote a letter to him. And here, this prophet of God. Now, I'm going to give you just a small clip of my testimony. I had resigned the church where I was there and had moved to Victoria, British Columbia. And I had written Brother Branham a letter. And I said, a friend of mine who's a rancher, Bud Southwick, who's a rancher, has been offered a property 45 miles square up on the Alaskan Highway. And I'd, I could, I'd love to take you out for a rest. And that was what was in my heart. It wasn't doctrine. It wasn't questions as such. But I had huge questions. How should a person be baptized? And what is the Godhead like? Is it one? Is it two? Or is it three? Someone who had led me into the ministry, he opened the doors in the United States. He said, well, I just see two. And uh, <clears throat> others, there are three. But how many am I going to see when I'm in heaven? Well, I thought I'd only see one. But how, how do I only see one? I, here's Jesus, and here's the Holy Spirit, and you, you know all the rest of it. Just a big confusion. So was I lukewarm? Yeah, I guess on that point I was lukewarm. Well, I don't want to be identified with those that are lukewarm. So I didn't know how to baptize. I didn't know exactly the Godhead. And one thing that scared me to death was the serpent seed. And so I'm up there. You know what I was expecting? One thing I knew. Listen to me now. You may never hear this again. One thing I knew, if that angel of the Lord, he would not stand at the platform and honor a lie. And I knew if the angel of the Lord was there. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the platform in the United Church Hall in Dawson Creek, British Columbia. And here's the people all lined up down to come for prayer. And one night they came from this direction or they were over here and it was a woman, a very good friend of my family. And I knew her very well. Her name was Sister Klunt, K-L-U-N-D-T, German couple. 
she and her husband did not have children. And she was standing here with her hand like this. And uh, now here is William Branham. Listen to a story now. Put yourself in my shoes. I'm saying in my heart, if the angel of the Lord is still here at the platform, now when he, if there's a manifestation of it, and he says, Brother Branham says to her, he said, you're very nervous, and he talked about that for a few moments. Then he said, you have something else very much on your heart. You're praying for a man. He said he's dying with cancer. He said, and he lives just north of here. I believe it's a town called Fort St. John. Yes, that's right. Well, I, I was, forgive me, but I was just dismayed. I was and I was petrified because I'm sitting in the car the next day, the next morning. I'm sitting in the car. Put yourself where I am. Sitting in the car. I thought at any moment he might just turn and look. Wouldn't want you to be in that place. I didn't want him to say, you scoundrel. You don't believe in this ministry. And I did believe in it. I believed in it thus far, and I didn't know, but I'm faced with great questions that are in the Scripture. I have the Scripture. I have good friends that have gone through Bible schools, but we don't have an absolute. I want to know what is absolutely essential. I'm a preacher, but... I don't have an absolute. I felt very almost humiliated. Basic, basic things. When I get in the tank, I really don't have a thus saith the Lord of what to do. One day, I wasn't with the brother Southwick, had brother Branham with him. I had gone a different direction that evening. We had just finished supper. And he said, he said, Brother Branham said, I think I'll just go out and maybe get a rabbit or get some meat for the camp. He said, would you like to come, Brother Eddie? Yes, I said, I would like to come. But I was doing, going to do the dishes. And another brother, very good friend of mine, Chris Berg, he was a Laplander from Norway. He said, yeah, he said, I'll go too. And then the last, then he said immediately, no, he said, I'm going to stay and do the dishes. You go, Brother Eddie. So I was happy with that. And then we went and we just walked down the trail a short distance. And I could see that Brother Branham wasn't interested in really a hunt. And so he just walked over and sat on a log. And I sat on a log. Some of you here from the church, you've heard it many times. Please bear with me. <clears throat> and I'm just sitting there. I have a purpose for saying this. 
I'm just sitting there on the log. He's sitting right beside me on this side. I'm sitting right here. Our knees were almost coming together. He said, you know, this afternoon I was riding on my horse, said, behind Brother Southwick, and the sun was shining down warm and bright. He said, I believe you have three questions you'd like to ask me. And and I looked up at his eyes, his face then, and it had changed a wee bit. And he said, I, I, I believe you want to ask me about the baptism. He just took the questions as they were in my heart. About the baptism, about the Godhead, and the serpent seed. I could have melted. I said, that's exactly right. But I had a, I had a scripture. And I thought, this is how strict I was. I thought, if he seeks to circumvent the scripture, that would be the end of our friendship. And I, I have a hard time admitting that. But that's what was in my heart. If he circumvents the scripture. And I said in the, but Brother Branham, I said, the scripture says, and Adam knew his wife, and she conceived, and bore a son, called his name Cain. For I have received a man from the Lord. What could be simpler than that? He said, that's exactly the truth. I said, huh? You know, inside I was saying, how can you say that? That's my defense. (laughs) He's agreeing with it, 100%. He said, but you need to read the next scripture. I didn't even know what the scripture was. I didn't even know it was what was in the Bible. He said, and she again bore his brother. She didn't conceive again. She bore his brother Abel. They were twins. Oh. You said, did you get a revelation? No. All I realized is I had missed something. But there was something in my heart and soul. I... And the God that brought me here is obliged to tell me the truth. Yes, to tell us the truth. And uh, that was the end of it. That was just the beginning. That's why I understood the message. Brother John was speaking the other night. I had a resurrection inside. I had a resurrection. I've been able to share it with leaders of other organizations. Had them right here in this study. Leaders that saw such manifestation in the same meetings. In the same meetings. Well, I don't even know whether I should tell you, but a man sat in this congregation. He was invited here by Brother Edwin Dodds. And he came here. He was in the meeting in Portland, Oregon, when a maniac came up and was going to tear Brother Branham from limb to limb. And he told me about that also. 
And that man fell down across his legs, across his shoes. And furthermore, that man sat in my office back here. And I gave my testimony just what I told you. And he said, oh, he said, you wouldn't believe that stuff, would you? And I slapped his arm. I said, not only would you believe it, but in 15 minutes, you'll believe it. You'll believe the serpent's seed. It's a fundamental doctrine of the scripture. And I took him to Corinthians and I said, you read those two scriptures for me, one and two. And it was Apostle Paul saying, I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, even Christ, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Jesus Christ. I said, when you finish reading that, declare to me that Eve only had one husband. said, I have espoused you to one husband that I may... I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Jesus Christ. That's what the scripture says. And I said, you interpret that for me. He said, never studied it. One from the Assemblies of God was here in this church in the other office. And I said the same thing and read the same scripture. And he made two long pages of notes. Neither one have come back. Neither one apparently have studied it. But I would say one thing. When I saw how a person ought to be baptized, I'm glad to say, I'm glad to say, I'm proud to say that we are able to use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ when a person is being identified with this death with this cup, with this resurrection. And I'm able to say, God bless you that have taken and drank the cup and been a part of it. And then I will, I will just close with this. Are you listening? In the 10th chapter of Revelation, John was given an open book and you hear about it all the time and I want to I want to dwell on that just for a moment just a couple moments and the book was sealed with seven seals but now it was open we hear about that all the time what about the contents of it and then John was given an open book and the angel said to him, said, take this book, and I'm going to just look at the scriptures with you. And the voice when I heard, and the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, go and take, go and take, the little book which is open in the hand of the angel 
which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up. Drink ye all of it. Everything that flows from this book. Don't dare to be ashamed of it. Eat it up. Not taste it. Not just taste it. But eat it up. How did Mary eat it up? She pondered it until it happened. She pondered it until the Lord Jesus. She still didn't know. She still didn't. She 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 had no relationship with any man. She remained a virgin. But our Lord Jesus Christ was able to drink that part of the cup and declare that that was his birth even though he was openly declared to be born of fornication. And he rejected that. That was not in his cup. And he drank the cup. He was born of a virgin. Do you say amen? Amen. And now the book, there were things in the book when, when Jesus said, drink all of it, there was... There was aspects or segments or parts of or events of the life of Jesus Christ. I'm giving you an invitation today. And the invitation is, take the cup. Drink ye all of it. Not take the cup and taste it. But take the cup. Drink ye all of it. There's part of it. Jesus, yes. He went to the cross. Yes, he went to the tomb. Yes, we remember that and historically may remember. I want to go way beyond history. I don't care what they say about he did historically, but I know that I have received him. I know that I've had a resurrection. I know that the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ has not because I'm standing here speaking. I'm here because others are away. But I am, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to declare that this living, this is a living word. It's not just printed pages in a book, but it is a living word. And I can say to you today with confidence, and with certain confidence. If you take it, you may not understand it. In fact is, when Jesus said, and Brother Branham referred to it, if you don't believe it, I'd like you to explain it. And he said, eat my flesh. Eat the flesh of the Son of Man. How do you do that? And that comes right back to the very basic he said it's, an, it's a basic principle of the scripture that you understand. We may not be able to work it in our mind and understand it. How do we, how do we eat the flesh? 
How do I eat the flesh of the Son of Man? He's a full book. How do I do it? In there, there is difficulty. In there, there is resurrection. In there, there is difficult things and there's very wonderful things. But how do we, how do we participate in it? You just agree to live your life for Him. I'm here. I know one thing. I will not be moved. I'm dedicated to live my life for Him. I give myself to Him. I'll not run at a bad time. I'll not join at a good time. I just will listen to His voice. And I heard the voice of the angel. You heard the voice from some place. Where, where did it come from? I don't know. I'm going to say to you today, I'm making a declaration. When I heard Malachi 4, 5, and 6, I just said within myself, of course. And this has to be the man. This is Elijah. This is the spirit of Elijah. I've never seen anything like this. That's exactly what it is. And it's been, you say, well, what, what is your experience of resurrection? It's been nothing but a resurrection ever since. And for those of you that have committed yourself, I say, there is no other Jesus Christ than this one that was raised. This one that lives. How does he live? He lives in, in us. Amen. Amen. And John said, give it to me. And the angel said, eat it up. And if you don't get anything else in this message today, what you have received, what you hear, and there's a witness inside, there's something more to it. It's not just a sermon. Eat it up. Make it a part of your being. Let it become assimilated. Let it be ingested into your system. Be a part of you. Every part. Every day. Otherwise, one day, you call for a church and say, Oh, church, church. Oh, denomination, denomination. Help me. Pray for me. That's not it. You have to know it within yourself. You have said to me. My wife is sitting in this service. And with this I close. This book says certain things. And this is part of the cup that I have drank. And we believe, because this book says so, we believe that if you pray for the sick, they shall be healed. 
And my wife is, I'm going to be honest with you. She's one that can suffer a lot of pain and she doesn't say anything. And so here, right here in this town of Cloverdale, I was just had my hand on the door. We were going to the United States. We're going to Tacoma to visit a relative of mine. And I had my hand on the door, and she had her coat on, and she said, and I'm her husband. Now she's coming to another office. She said, I want you to take the oil and anoint me that sickness or disease or something had come back on her. She had been examined by a specialist about 15 years before, and he said, if that ever comes back, you call me immediately. And she said, I want you to take this and anoint me with oil. Now, she wasn't coming to her husband. He wasn't coming to Ed Biscal as such. She was coming to an office. This is what the scripture has said. I slid out a chair. I said, kneel here. And I anointed her with oil. And I now speak the truth. Before we went, and I had my hand on the doorknob again, before she touched the doorknob herself, she was instantly healed. Instantly healed. I'm talking about resurrection life. I'm not talking about all doom and and rejection. I'm talking about resurrection life. She believed it. She's here. You can ask her. Instantly healed. A few days ago, a few days ago, she said to me, once again, years passed, but a few days ago, she said, I want you to call the elders. I want you to call Brother Murphy. I called him. He said, I want you to pray for me. I called Brother Tom. She said, call the elders. I called Brother Tom. We met right here in the study. I can take you to the very spot and pray for me. She said, I have this terrible pain. How long have you had it? About three weeks. She'd been to the emergency hospital. She'd been to the doctor. And he said, if you do this, you take this, it should disappear. It didn't disappear. And it got worse. And some kind of something was wrong. We don't know what's wrong. We don't have to explain things. And the brethren stood around and prayed for her. There's my wife back there. And before we walked to where the cars parked, she was instantly healed. Now, does that happen every time? No. It doesn't happen every time. But whether you're healed or whether you are uh, afflicted or whatever ever it is, I just know that I am the Lord's. I'm His. And He does what He wishes to do. And we just thank Him for that. 
Praise God. Would you stand, please? I'm indeed happy to have taken this time and to have you. This is one service we're having today. But to have you listen and hear these testimonies. And I stand here as a witness. They are true. These things are absolutely true. And we give you the glory. Lord Jesus, on this resurrection day, we're only celebrating. We're only commemorating. This is just the Passover, as your prophet said. This is just the Passover. This is just another Easter. But it might be uh, something very different for someone. And I pray that it will be. Oh, God, I want to give you thanks for having done what you have done. The healing on behalf of my wife. Oh, God, I thank you for the healing in the supernatural that you have done in the congregation and amongst the believers. We do not know why. We do not know how it is all takes place. But we know that you are faithful to your word. Oh, God, I pray that you'll bless our brother John is going to Seattle tonight. And I pray that you'll bless that service mightily, oh God. May the resurrected Christ present himself before the people. And this morning, Lord, today, even now, oh God, there's needy ones and spiritually needy or physically needy and whatever it might be. You are the answer. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, I commit these words, these testimonies, and to this people in Jesus Christ's name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Isn't he wonderful? I wonder, can we sing, isn't he wonderful, just uh, nicely? Wonderful, isn't Jesus my Lord? Wonderful, eyes have seen, ears have heard what's recorded in God's Word. reject him. Isn't he wonderful? Although he hung on a cross, isn't he wonderful? And then he resurrected. And the disciples and the apostles were fearful and they locked themselves into a place. But isn't he wonderful? And wherever you are today, whatever age you are, 
whatever your situation is, I say, he's wonderful. Here comes a woman, and the prophet of God stands here. I just love this so much. I mention it every once in a while. And the woman is sick. The woman may be dying, I don't know. And here's a prophet of God, he's preached from the same Bible I have here. He's preached, and he said, and he takes the time, and he says, isn't he lovely? Isn't he lovely? I tell you what, friends, when you have that kind of relationship, isn't he lovely? He is indeed. Isn't he wonderful? Wonderful, wonderful. Isn't Jesus my Lord? Wonderful. Dear Heavenly Father, how we thank you, Lord, in this resurrection morning, we can hear the voice of a God. We can hear the word of a God that you prove that you're still alive, Lord. Lord, we're not talking about some God in history. We're not talking some God that is a million miles away. We're talking about right in flesh right now, Lord. Even at this moment, Lord, the same God is among us and speak to us, that commune with us and try to calling us to say, I'm a God. That if you by faith believe what I said, you will have the same life of Jesus Christ ahead. Father, we want to give you thanks, Lord. Lord, you are still the God of life. You are still the God of this reality. You are still the God and not just resurrected at years ago and without hearing your children's crying anymore. But Lord, you are resurrected even today, Lord. Still resurrected in our life. Made a transforming power with the word of a God registered in every heart that are coming into this sanctuary, Lord. Everyone that is on the internet and may hear the voice of a God and not just listen to it, but believe it, Lord. Lord, we want to take it. We want to drink it at all. We don't want to just take it a book and wondering about it. We don't want to just take it a book and read it about it. We want to take it a book and eat it, Lord. Not just eat a part of it and not just eat some portion of it, but Lord, we want to eat all of them because the Lord is how sweet it is in our mouths, Lord. Oh God, that is the word that become a transforming power in our life. Lord, we're sick and tired of just watching the word do it in other people's life. We want this word to do the work in our life, Lord. We want the word that is not to just help other people, but to help us, Lord Jesus. We does not want a word that just healed other people, but Lord healed us, Lord. Physically and mentally, Lord. And spiritually and down in our soul, we want to say amen to every word of a God. Oh Father, we thank you, Lord, that a resurrection, Lord, be today to our portion, Lord. We thank you, Lord, and we just ask you 
to bless out our brother Ed. Lord, he has been dedicating himself all these years. Lord, we're not just hearing the word. We saw the example, Lord. We saw that the God is still not among us, is still speaking. That is still he can dwell in the flesh, can speak to our heart, and manifest the same life of Jesus Christ that manifest. Father, we thank you to give you all the thanks, all the glory. Lord, you know every person's in need. Lord, we believe you're coming down today to meet, to meet every need. Father, we thank you, Lord. And be with every one of us. So as we go to each way, Lord, may the word never leave us. And may the presence of God never leave us. May the atmosphere that you have created to welcome your children home never leave us, Lord. Even when we go back to home, go back to each room, Lord, and may the word become a keep unfolding, Lord. We give you all the glory, all the thanks. May your name be glorified. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Can you say with me, my Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee, all the follies of sin, I resign. You mean that? I resign. I'm done with the world. I'm done with just uh, some formality. Oh, God. Oh, God, could we sing that? My Jesus, I love thee, and you would help us. again the course if you would as a testimony for this Easter time my, my Jesus
mais mais Jesus God bless you have a wonderful walk with Jesus amen you're dismissed in Jesus name